you can expect to eat really well when you visit the compact country of Slovenia. With a history on the crossroads of empires, its two million citizens enjoy a mix of culinary traditions from its Mediterranean and Slavic neighbors, from across the Alps, and even from the Ottoman Turks. To help you find the best of what Slovenia can put on your plate, we're joined now by tour guide Marjan Kreskovic. He lives in the capital city, Ljubljana, and Tina Hiti lives in the scenic Lake Bled Resort region. Tina, how do you explain to people that Slovenia really has one of the most diverse cuisines in Europe? We just have it all because of the diversity and the vicinity of the borders to our country. And it's a big mix. So we cannot really talk about what's the traditional Slovenian food mm. because it goes from region to region. It's different. You know, there's Austrian influence, there's Mediterranean influence, there's Hungarian influence, there's Balkan influence. So it's all a big it's mix. It's a melting pot. Yeah. It's a literal yes. melting pot. Yes. Yeah. So Marian, we'll go to a nice restaurant and we're going to have uh, several courses How might we get a little dose of Germany, of Hungary, of Ottoman, and of Italy? It depends definitely on the area of Slovenia where you go, because uh, it's such a small place. You can drive across in one or two hours, but uh, from one village to the next, the recipes vary widely. The ingredients, the crops that are being grown, because it's a meeting place of geographical, geological features, providing all the base for this wonderful cuisine. Okay, let's be in the capital city, Mm -hmm. Ljubljana, and we'll go to a, a great restaurant and we'll try several courses. What might be some Italian-influenced food we'd see on the menu? Um, there's quite a bit of pasta, fish, salads, light Mediterranean dishes. There's uh, fabulous olive, uh, oil. olive oil grown down mm-hmm. on the coast. She's one of the northernmost um, olive oil-growing regions producing mm. top quality. And let's say uh, my travel partner's in the mood for something a little more Germanic, a little more dumpling. Oh, we're very proud, uh, definitely, of a variety of different dumplings, of our carniolian sausages and... Um, Buckwheat, mush, lots of pork grinds, sauerkraut. Sauerkraut? Um, yes, in Slovenia. Definitely. Oh, mm-hmm. yes, it's a big deal. Everybody yes. has their secret recipe on how to and make it perfect. And Tina, you've got more Eastern influence as well. How might mm-hmm. we get a little flavor of the, the Ottomans? Well, I would say with the grilled meats, with a lot of the eggplant spreads that we use instead of ketchup. Um, then we have a lot of pitas. Uh, burek, phyllo dough pastries oh, burek, that you can that get is, in our country yeah. as well. Nice. And that would be definitely the, I would say, the Eastern influence. This is Travel with yeah. Rick Steves. We're talking with Marjan Kriskovic and Tina Hiti about Slovenian cuisine. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. And Ken is calling in from Rome in Italy. You're Hi. actually in Hello. Rome, Ken? I am. I just moved from near Vancouver, Canada to Rome to be a tour guide, actually. All right. Do you have any thoughts or uh, comments for our guides about Slovenian cuisine? Yeah, I mean, uh, a quick anecdote is my girlfriend and I traveled there last year and went to the Lake Bled uh, region. And unfortunately, she got a little bit sick and we were staying at uh, a recommended kind of uh, agriturismo, I guess you could call it, if it was Italy. And their solution was some homemade... Uh, raspberry brandy. Of course. And it was, uh, of course. Uh, both, both Marianne and, and Dina go, well, yeah. I mean, homemade <laughs> raspberry brandy if you're not feeling well. Lots of antioxidants. Yeah. <laughs> and they were kind enough, actually, after our trip, I emailed them, and they sent me picture-by-picture, step-by-step instructions so that we could make it ourselves at home. Nice. And did it help? Was it a, a nice remedy? Oh, of course it was, yes. And then the next day, finding out that they were very proud of their honey brandy as well. Honey is a big deal throughout the yes. Slavic world, I think. Yeah. It's considered medicinal. Everything is medicinal. <laughs> you go into a market from Slovenia all the way to Russia, 
and you'll yeah. find people with their honey that has different medicinal mm-hmm. qualities, and they want you to try this and try that, and yeah. people take it quite seriously. And we like to say with everything that grows, all the flowers, all the herbs, just dip them into schnapps. And you'll feel better. Yeah, you'll feel better <laughs> afterwards. Ken, what's another uh, cuisine memory you have of Slovenia? Uh, uh, the Big Hot Horse Burger in Ljubljana. <laughs> <laughs> the Big Hot Horse Burger? Marianne, what is oh, that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, that's been uh, pretty legendary for uh, almost a uh, couple of decades, I guess, now. And uh, it's, it was in the middle of nowhere on the edge of a park, but the word got out so uh, very soon. And even if you were to go at 2 a.m. there, there would be long lines of people waiting to get their fix of horse burger. <laughs> now, if you're not into horse meat... It's actually not horse meat. Lipizzaner stallion? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully no, not. No, not Lipizzaner stallion. Not everybody <laughs> is into it. My, my wife would never, ever try horse meat, for instance. But if you're kind of out there not sure about it, Having it in the form of a burger is is a good start, and that actually might tilt you to the other side. Ken, describe your horse meat experience in Slovenia. <laughs> I think I was pleasantly surprised. For me, it was somewhere around the taste of bison, like a sweet beef. Uh-huh. But I think the most shocking thing of having it there is how enormous it is. And it's, uh, did they spice as, it up, or did it taste just gamey like, uh, like a horse? No, it wasn't gamey at all. It was really, really good. I would absolutely have it again. And you go there and you can choose whatever you want as a topping, as I'm sure you well know. But in the end, uh, between two of us, we couldn't even finish it, and it ended up being a snack for later because the thing. Oh, having a little bit of horse meat for a snack—that's—that makes me want to go to Slovenia right now. I was reading that there's actually wild bear in Slovenia, and it's one place where it's like legal to hunt and eat bears. Is that true? Bears. Um, It's actually one of the bears as well, but bears are protected. Oh, they are. Uh, But uh, since it's one of the bear richest corners of Europe, every year to keep the population down, since they don't have any natural enemies, there's a certain number that can be shot by hunters associations and that can be in limited capacity uses for instance to put in bear salami in season and so on Uh, so it's not something that you would normally find on the menus but occasionally yeah it can be another extra exotic delicacy that you will find ken did you have a language barrier when it came to eating in slovenia was it translated on the menu you know, the thing is, everyone there speaks so fluent English, it's embarrassing because their English is probably better than ours going there. So yeah. there's no language barrier, even in rural parts of the country where we rented a car and were very far out, there was never, ever a language barrier yeah. problem. And, and you slept at a countryside farm functioning as a and b like is popular in Italy, in a Slovenian agriturismo. Did you have a chance to eat there on the farm? We did, yeah. There was twice that we did it. Once near Lake Bled and another time near the Slovenian Alps, the Julian Alps mm-hmm. there. And it was an amazing spread. Like, uh, it was more than a four-course meal, huge buffet and very reasonable price. Mm. Everything traditional, lots of meat, mm. stews, and a dessert. Probably fresh and, and seasonal and right off the farm. Ken, thanks for your call. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Okay. Best wishes in Rome. Thank you very much. Keep traveling. You too. Lori's calling in from Woodland in California. Hey, Lori, thanks for the call. Hi. Hi, Rick. Hi, Tina. Hi, Marianne. Hi. My husband and my sister and I are planning to travel to Slovenia and Croatia in um, June, and we're wondering if you have any um, suggestions for must-have dishes or restaurants that we can't miss. In general or in the capital city of Ljubljana? Um, in the capital city, actually. Yeah, because most people are going to go to Ljubljana. I understand there's just a thriving foodie scene there. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, what, yes. And you guys both live around there. What, what? If, if you're there in June, there's a wonderful event that takes place every weekend, and it's called the Open Kitchen. So try to be there Friday, and you'll enjoy it because there's a bunch of restaurants from all over the city, and they are offering their specialties over there, and you can just try So you des- can just describe go. the Open Kitchen more. So Open Kitchen is a concept where all the restaurants of the city come to this one square. They mm. do have a little stand, and they prepare their specialties. And they change every week. There's different specialty of the restaurant. And you can just go from stall to stall, drink oh. some wine, maybe a microbrew. And so leading restaurants would have yes, a little stall, yes. and they'd, they'd serve up whatever they're most proud of. Yes, and sometimes those leading restaurants, they can be quite expensive because they are really the top-notch restaurants, while over there on the open kitchen, they are not expensive at all. This would be Fridays and Saturdays? Fridays and Saturdays. Through yeah. the summer? Yeah, through the summer. It usually starts kind of mid-June, and it goes mm-hmm. up until mid-October. What a great thing for the local yeah. food culture. Marianne, have you been there for this? Oh, definitely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever <laughs> I can. <laughs> what do you remember as a, a particularly uh, happy surprise when you're at the open kitchen in Lublin? Well, again, just the variety. If one is indecisive, doesn't know what, what mm-hmm. would be more appealing, it's all there. You can see it. You can smell it. You can so taste it. So give me a it, hard example. You and I are walking down. What should I try? Give me something that's specific. Oh, um, well, uh, wonderful local sausages. It's um, from some of the more upscale restaurants. You might have like mini cooking demonstrations and see what all ingredients go in, how nice. to decorate. It's all prepared. Then you just can't wait to... Are there celebrity chefs in Ljubljana? Oh, definitely. Yes. It's a yes. very thriving cooking scene. Mm-hmm. Tina, what's a specific treat that you and I might find on an open kitchen Saturday? Maybe some frog legs. Frog legs in yes, Slovenia? Yeah, they are a specialty in Ljubljana. Seriously, it's yeah. not just sort yeah. of a French uh, no, gimmick, no, no, but it's no, the real no. thing. Yes, Frog the legs thing, in yeah. Slovenia. Yeah. Lori, there's some ideas for you. <laughs> it sounds wonderful. I can't wait to try them. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Marianne Kriskovic and Tina Hiti about Slovenian cuisine. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. And Denise is on the phone from Duluth in Minnesota. Denise, thanks for your call. Well, hi. We visited with my sister and brother-in-law and three of our many kids, so we had a group and rented a house up in the hills outside Ljubljana in Rakikna. I think I'm saying that right. So we just got online and did a rental and rented a car out of um, Venice where we flew into and had no trouble driving around and meandering down to Ljubljana several times and tasting food. But two thoughts is, well, three. One, I have a cold, so I'd love that recipe for the blackberry raspberry brandy (laughs) online. But also, while we were there, um, some distant cousins of my brother-in-law were just gracious and showed us around. We went to several wineries because one of the cousins grew grapes and and supplied the wineries. And we were just overblown by the quality of wine. And you don't find that in the U.S. So I don't know whether it's so good, and you hear so much about it from Italy, but the wineries really were as good, if not better, than the ones we visited in Italy. Um, and know, and uh, Denise, trip. describe the experience of going to a winery. Were you actually welcome to visit a winery and, and taste the wine? Oh, we were very welcome. Now, partly we had an inn because of the distant cousin that supplied grapes, so he seemed uh-huh. to know people. So they opened it up. We had a little private or semi-private tours mm. and some tasting and great food and um, uh, luckily, the other cousin that was with us doesn't drink, 
so she uh, drove a van, and, and we could all imbibe. So nice <laughs> to have day, a designated so driver so you can <laughs> taste to your heart's way content. To go. Yeah, so we just spent the day doing that. And, but you can't find the wines in the U.S., no, so is, are they not imported? Why or is that? What's the deal? Yeah. Our wineries are very small, so the maximum production is maybe 40,000 bottles a year per winery. And with 2 million Slovenes, those, are, those are gone. <laughs> we just have to drink it all ourselves or you come and visit. We'll give you plenty but just, yeah, our wineries are just too small. Yeah, we'll come yeah. back. The other thing is uh, the cousin had a, three boys. We had a great time. It was more personal um, and the boys took our adult son out mushroom hunting. Um, my son was pretty leery. We, we are, you know, just we do a lot of farming and, and gardening, but we haven't done mushrooms. So the the boys showed him what was good and what was bad, and we oh. added it to cooking for a picnic. So I don't know if that's real common oh, yes. in the area, but it was <laughs> yes. sure delicious. Talk about mushroom hunting or mushroom picking. Mushrooms are a big part of Slovenian cuisine when in season. And uh, just when the conditions are right towards the end of the summer, when you go, for instance, to the big farmer's market in Ljubljana, it's always fun just to kind of listen in to the different dialects of the vendors because nobody will tell you where they pick yes. them. Everybody has their secret locations. Mushroomer never it's tells. A, big, big a mushroomer deal. never tells. So my job, try to figure yeah. out. So if you hear their dialect, you can go, I think yeah, you're you from this valley. Pretty, exactly. <laughs> and then my father is a big mushroomer. So I was when I was growing up as a kid, he would take me, and now he's taking my sons mushroom hunting. And I always remember how every day he would come back, he would call my aunt and they would be like, so how many did you get? <laughs> and here we only talk about porcini because porcini is the mushroom. The rest is okay, but porcini is the mushroom. And it's like, oh, I got 70 today. And oh. she'd go, where? Where did and you go? Where did you go? Oh, I don't tell. <laughs> so yeah, it's a very big thing. This is what we always do, August, mm. September. And we like to go into nature. So it's not just the mushrooms that we hunt for, but we also go pick up flowers and we use them for teas, for yeah, herbal brandies. Dandelions you have in the, yes. in the salads. Dandelions mm-hmm. for the salads, dandelion mm-hmm. for the cough syrup, dandelion for um, you can even put them into it's egg and eat you. them as yeah. dessert. So honey, yes. dandelions, yeah. horses, bears. <laughs> You've got Nature so is much. very kind to us. You <laughs> Nature know? is well, very nice. Yeah. We also bought some um, canned uh, sour pitted cherries mm-hmm. um, that were just delicious. In fact, we, we made a cherry pie, which was unusual for our cousins and, and tour guides, so they hadn't had cherry pie. The boys ate it up right away. They they used the cherries, apparently, but it took me two days to hunt down tapioca, which I use. So <laughs> I think it was a language barrier or... Well, we don't have tapioca. You, you don't find it commonly. Denise, you had a great experience, it sounds like, oh, and it was a did. cultural exchange. You would share yeah. some and you would learn some, and uh, you, you had a local contact, which is huge, and think of the wonders of a new culture. People have spent all their life going to Germany and France and Spain, but now you've got Slovenia as an option. Well, and we've done that, and I'd go back to Slovenia um, above many other countries. I love it. Thanks for the call, Denise. Thank, Thank you. you. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Marian Kriskovic and Tina Hiti about Slovenia. And Marian and Tina, I can remember walking through the market in Ljubljana, and it's like the farmers filled up their wheelbarrows and wheeled them right onto the square. Is my memory correct? They were mm-hmm. like on wheels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're called uh, tsize. And the old tradition when the city was much smaller 100 years ago was what is today 
part of the city center used to be one of the oldest suburbs, and that's just down the river, and that's where these people would come and bring in their carts. And, uh, of course, today these little tiny little gardens are protected, and they still grow their vegetables, so that's as locally produced with as low as carbon footprint as possible mm. right there in the city center. So part of those vegetables, wow. not right all there. of them, unfortunately, that tradition is still kept and alive. And the key would be to eat with the season and eat with the yes. local specialties. Yes. Yes. as local as possible. So you said these little patches are protected. Are they protected by the EU or by the Slovenian government? By the local Slovenian local government. Local government, yes. and people are happy to do this. Mm-hmm. Yes, very much so, preserving our heritage, yeah. our culture. This is just really quite inspirational. I know I know that uh, there are some literally protected mm-hmm. foods in Slovenia. What mm-hmm. would a few that would be actually protected for the national heritage? Well, kranska klobasa, so the carniolian sausage. Okay. That's and really yummy, very tasty. How is that unique? I think it's just richer, it's fuller in taste, and, you and know, if you compare it with any of the bratwurst, I think, sorry to my German friends, but I think it's kind of plain, and ours just has that round-up taste. It's more personality. Yeah, more, more personality, and, uh, more And what about, uh, like, dumplings? Is that something yeah. that is... Um, yeah, like um, uh, and some others. So they're typical regional dumpling variations, which are also protected by uh, in their name, depending also on the filling, like with potatoes or other places with uh, meat, similar to ravioli. Potatoes are a huge thing there. in the cuisine, aren't they? Oh, yes. Oh. Depends on the area. You have from brand dumplings, potato dumplings. Uh, mm-hmm. So the, the different variations in shape, size, and fillings. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been talking with Marian Kreskovic and Tina Hiti about Slovenian cuisine. Let's finish our little um, fantasy tour through all of this beautiful uh, taste streets of Slovenia just by talking about what you're going to have as soon as you get home. You're traveling around the United States right now. What do you miss? And when you get home, if your mother's going to sit you down at the table or if you're going to go to a restaurant, what are you going to have? I'm definitely looking forward to that beef soup with little noodles. <laughs> oh, it's every time I come back home from the U.S., it's that beef soup. Beef soup with, beef soup with, with, with little noodles. noodles. Oh, what's so it, good. What's it called in Slovenian? Govaya yucha. Govaya yucha. Govaya yucha. Oh, I'll, I'll so good. That. So good. And Marian. Same here. That's always the start of a Sunday meal uh, anywhere. It's so simple and with all the variety that we describe, but it's things like that that really bring the, the smell and taste of home close. Uh, sounds great. Well, Tina and Marian, thank you so much for um, stoking our appetite as we dream about traveling in Slovenia. Prosim. Each year, Rick Steves Tour Guides take thousands of free-spirited travelers on escorted tours through Europe, one small group at a time. This year, you can choose from more than 40 different vacations in Europe's best destinations, from Ireland to Greece, and practically everywhere in between. Begin your next trip at ricksteves.com. <laughs>